Support for Check the Pantry comes from the Grog Shop Wine Club, which each month provides members with two or three bottles of unique wines that are currently unavailable in the Homer market. These wines are curated by Patrick Driscoll, who's worked at Michelin Star Restaurants in New York and is the only Level 3 sommelier in Alaska. More information at 235-5101. Additional support for this season of Check the Pantry comes from Bay Realty. Bay Realty has been listing and selling homes, lots, acreage, multifamily, commercial properties, and property management in the southern Kenai Peninsula since 1974. Learn more and view current listings at bayrealtyalaska.com or by calling 235-6183. It's gumbo weather, so this week I make a shrimp and blue crab gumbo with my mom, Patricia Lockwood. Now, we were supposed to make it together in her kitchen in Houma, Louisiana, but weather patterns in the Gulf of Mexico had other plans. So we recorded this show in my Aunt Patsy Johnson's garage kitchen in Iowa, Louisiana, near Lake Charles on the other side of the state. And it was hot, so hot, we couldn't turn the air conditioner off. But the gumbo was delicious. From KBBI in Homer, Alaska, my name's Jeff Lockwood, and it's time to check the pantry. is the iconic crab of the eastern half of the United States. It's native from Cape Cod to Argentina and has, since the advent of international shipping, established itself in the Mediterranean as well. It may be the biggest culinary icon of the Chesapeake Bay between Maryland and Virginia, but the sharp decline of the fishery there in the last half century means that the majority of Chesapeake blue crabs served today on the Baltimore waterfront were caught by Louisiana fishing boats. Crabs aren't too hard to catch, especially if you have a pot, but you can catch them with a fishing pole or even just a piece of string with a chunk of hot dog on the end. Their habit of letting go of the bait once they breach the water's surface means that smart crabbers bring along a net, while less prepared ones try to jerk the crab out of the water into the boat. Sometimes the crab gets flung right back into the water, sometimes it lands somewhere accessible in the boat, and sometimes it lands down the unlucky fisherman's shirt. It's hard to say for sure, but it seems likely that unlike fish or oysters, crab probably couldn't become an important part of the human diet until we figured out how to make fire. Raw crab meat is a gelatinous mush, and unless you luck into an animal that's just shed its shell, the exoskeleton of a crab is the very definition of indigestible. Add to that the fact that a raw crab is covered in both bacteria and sharp corners threatening all sorts of nasty infections, and it seems very much like something not worth the trouble for a hungry person without the ability to cook. Pass that ugly thing through some boiling water, though, and you've got one of the world's great culinary treats. There's essentially no flavor that can't accompany crab. Nothing ever seems to be off-limits. In Japan, they make ice cream with it. I've never had it, but it sounds pretty good. Frozen, lightly sweetened crab bisque? Sign me up. If, on the other hand, you suggested I try oyster ice cream or beef ice cream, or eggplant ice cream, or potato ice cream, I'd quickly pass. Yet crab isn't bland and flavorless like some kind of oceanic industrial chicken breast. It's got a distinct, unusual flavor, a little different between the various species, but still somehow crabby. And it's a flavor hardly anybody dislikes. There's an entire culinary genre of luxurious, expensive food made even more luxurious and more expensive by piling crab on top of it or stuffing it inside. And the best way to cook crab is the simplest culinary technique of all, boiling. A pot of hot water and some seasoning is all you need to unlock one of the most versatile and beloved meals we can enjoy. Of course, once you've boiled them, you can do all sorts of complicated things. So let's get to it. Thank you. 
<laughs> All right, so one of the themes of this whole show is that you're always having to adapt <laughs> to the things that you find in your kitchen, and sometimes everything goes a little different than you thought. And uh, this show, when we first when we first were talking about doing it, we were going to do it in Homa, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and and that's that's where you live. This is let me introduce my mother. This is my mother, Patricia Lockwood. Say hello. Hello, everybody. <laughs> I got all excited because we were coming down here for a little trip anyway, so I asked her if she'd ride shotgun with me while we made a little gumbo here, and uh, she said she would. And we were planning on doing this in your kitchen, and it was going to be at your house where you were all ensconced and comfortable and knew where everything was and everything was easy and it was going to be great. And then three weeks ago today, I believe, was the first anybody had ever heard of this uh, Hurricane Ida. Yes. What, it was three days later was when it came ashore. On Sunday. On Sunday, two and a half weeks ago, and uh, you were there. Yes. And it passed over your house. Yes. And was that exciting? Not particularly. <laughs> with a lot of wind blowing and a lot of rain. Yeah. Homo was basically like, we were in the eye. We yeah. were on the west side of the eye. Yeah. And so your house, there's some damage. Uh, we just went over there yesterday to look at it. And there's some damage, but it's fixable. It's not a yes. disaster. Yeah. But uh, for now, we are, we are in uh, Iway, Louisiana, at my Aunt Patsy's house. So today we're in a completely different kitchen. I'm not sure you've ever been in this kitchen before. Oh, you, yes. Or you've been in this? I've cooked gumbo and made potato salad in this, crisp, in this kitchen. Oh, okay. Well, then, then you're, you're an old pro at this. So, so no. you, <laughs> I feel like I feel like I have to like do an extra good job today because Sunday was when we got here, and that's what Aunt Patsy had already cooked was the seafood gumbo. And I got to say, hers was pretty good. So I don't think I'm going to be able to like match that one. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm going to try. I got to... Because you taught me to do this, and now I always do it, which is to once you shell your shrimp and put it in a pot of water and make a little stock with it. Right. Yeah. I'm right so far? I'm doing okay so far? You're good so far. <laughs> and Patsy gave me a little bit of seafood stock, too. I wish if we really had some time to pull this thing together, then I would have been able to get some head-on shrimp, you know, and maybe some whole crab, and we could have made, like, a big full-time awesome seafood stock. But, you know, we just had a Category 4 hurricane two and a half weeks ago, so... Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so today I'm making a shrimp and crab gumbo. You know, everybody in, in Louisiana, they always think about crawfish first. But mm, when no. I was growing up, <laughs> when I was growing up, I, I didn't get to eat crawfish a whole lot. And that is because... I am allergic to crawfish. <laughs> not just allergic, but like deathly allergic. Deathly allergic. You told me the last time, it was the last time you had it that time in Lafayette when you puffed up and... Had to go to the hospital and. Uh, oh yes, I uh, ordered it in a restaurant. Actually, that was in Dallas. Oh. And who would have thought anybody in Dallas would put crawfish in their gumbo? <laughs> so when I ate the first one, I thought, "Oh no, that was crawfish," <laughs> and it didn't take but one. <laughs> yeah, but you made it. Oh yeah. You made it through the crawfish allergic reaction. You made it through Hurricane Ida. Made it through a whole bunch of other stuff. Yes, I did. <laughs> we don't have time to go into all this stuff that you've made it through so far. So no crawfish. And I wanted to do oysters, but, uh, you know, the hurricane's really screwing with me here because uh, the guy at, at the, the seafood market, when I asked him if he had any oysters, he said no, and they don't expect any for another two or three weeks probably because uh, because the hurricane. It messed up the oyster beds, and, and they couldn't harvest them. So what was supposed to be shrimp and crab and oyster gumbo is now just going to be shrimp and crab but that's okay that's pretty good that's good yeah i think people find it edible anyway in the in the show sometimes i talk about this particular smoked sausage that is one of the reasons i learned how to make smoked sausage is because you can't get it anywhere else and it actually happens to be from this particular town highway louisiana i see a lot of recipes that are not louisiana recipes for see, like seafood gumbo, and a lot of times they'll put sausage in it. But I don't ever see very many people down here 
something else. That's yeah. reserved for chicken and sausage. Yeah, and why is that? Well, personally, is I just don't like the flavors with the the uh, seafood because it will oh the sausage will overtake the seafood. Yeah. And so to get the right taste, it just needs to be the seafood. All seafood, yeah. It's one of the tip-offs when I go somewhere else. If I see that and they, you know, they're saying shrimp and sausage etouffee or shrimp and sausage gumbo or whatever, it always, it always makes me think like this person's not really. No, they're just trying to use parts of what we like so much. Yeah. But it's not right. <laughs> <laughs> see, I'm not the only one that is opinionated about no. stuff like this and. Sometimes people are like, oh, you're too opinionated about food. And I'm like, well, y'all ain't never been to South Louisiana. That's right. <laughs> there are some things you just don't put together in my mother's cookbook. Yeah. I tried to follow as closely along in preparing different dishes to what my mother served. Yeah. Because even though her name was Johnson at the time, they still lived in South Louisiana, and that was their culture. Yeah, she was from, where was she from? Philadelphia, Mississippi is where her ancestors were from. Uh But she was born and raised down here. Was it in Richard? Richard. It was in Richard. Okay, that's what I thought. I've been been saying that to people, and I'm never, I'm I'm like, is Nanny from Richard, right? Yeah, because you learned how to do, how to cook this from her, basically. Right, yeah. And she was opinionated about food. Yes, she was. <laughs> That's why it was so good. The people in North Louisiana loved to come to Mama's house. And eat. <laughs> or if they had a gumbo somewhere, she probably was the one that actually told them how to do it. Yeah. Until they learned yeah. for themselves. So. Yeah. So, so she taught you. Yeah. And you... You cut, yeah, I sort of learned how to make gumbo from you, but you I don't know that you directly really taught me other than me just kind of hovering around. Yeah. I pieced it together over the years because, you know, I was talking to, one of the things I talk about occasionally is especially people who's, uh, whose moms are real good cooks, and especially men because, you know, in our society, the mothers typically teach the, the daughters how to cook most of the time. A lot of the men that I know are, that are good cooks learned how to cook from their mama because they left home, and they went, oh, not everybody eats like this. <laughs> and you had to learn yeah. how to cook. And I remember, I, I used to, I remember calling you up. You gave me a little box full of recipe cards, and I still have it, actually. Your, your cornbread recipe is on a magnet on my refrigerator because when I was running a restaurant, that is the cornbread recipe that I used in the restaurant. And people liked it. It's not sweet cornbread. No, it's not. A lot of southern states is sweet cornbread. My mother did not because my daddy... Even though he liked sweet everything else, he didn't like the sweet cornbread. My husband's the same way yeah. with that. Yeah. Yeah, that's cake if it's got sugar in it. Yeah. If it's uh, cornbread, yeah. no sugar. Well, you know, it's funny, too, because, like, in a lot of places, almost all the rest of the South, if you get cornbread, it's almost always white cornmeal. Yeah. And, but I grew, up, I grew up thinking yellow cornmeal was normal, but then when we go to North Louisiana to... To, it was white. Yeah, my other grandmother's house, my dad's mom. But she learned to use yellow, too. Well, it's funny because at some point in the last, you know, 10 years or whatever, I saw a, a map of where people use what cornbread. And it's almost all white everywhere in the South, except there's like a couple little pockets around here and there. And then right here in South Louisiana, there's a big yellow pocket. Yeah. That's just how it is. All right. So I'm going to let this uh, these shrimp shells boil a little bit. And I think we can get started on this, uh, this gumbo. And it's funny because, you know, as a show, I make this big deal every time I make some kind of Cajun dish where, you know, we spend half the show, we're talking about the roux. Because it is kind of a big deal, you know. Everybody's got to learn how to make a roux and everybody it is the, Well, there is a cookbook. Let's see, the name of it is uh, Now You Make a Roux. So this is all dishes that you add different amounts yeah. to. And it's amazing about some of the things you do use the roux in, and most people don't realize it. Yeah, I mean, it's all over the place. Like, there's a, yeah. there's a lot of dishes with the roux, and it's like, it's kind of considered, like, before you learn anything else, you have to learn how to make a roux. Right. Except nowadays, and it's funny, because the other day, Aunt Patsy, which, you know, I was talking to her about how she made it, she said it too, you've done this for a long time as well. You go into any supermarket down here and there's like a half an aisle of 
different kinds of pre-made jarred roux. And that's what we're using today. Maybe you heard the little, the little pop when I opened it up because today we are actually gonna, gonna use uh, Savoy's old-fashioned roux. This is the dark version because they have a light and a dark version. Mm -hmm. I don't get why they would have a light version because it's not well, that hard to make a light roux. Some things you make, you don't want it to right. have the, the stronger roux taste right. because that's cooked longer. Yeah, but it's easy to it's easy to make a light roux. Well, sometimes you don't have time. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> it does it does say you know, and even though on the on the show I pretty much always do this the, the hot and the fast way, it's still a lot easier to just dump it out of here <laughs> into the pot. I mean it's it's the same ingredients, flour, vegetable oil, that's it. But it's all the way you cook it. Like I would say that's pretty close to yours. But you've got to take some of that oil off the top of it. You want me to take some of the oil off the top? Yeah, Just pour it off bit. instead of stirring it in? Yeah. Okay. Yes, ma'am. You don't want it to be too greasy, especially right. since it's seafood. You're still going to have some in there. I always, at the end of my gumbo making, especially if it sits the next day, a lot of times it'll... It'll it exude quite top, a bit of oil, right. and then you just skim that off. Yeah, I don't like to taste the oil yeah. at first. I think that's good. another mistake that sometimes people make is they don't they don't let it sit and let it you know let some of that oil right. come to the top and and skim that off, and then yeah. it tastes kind of heavy. Yep, you know it's kind of greasy. But this is a pretty. I mean, like that's a that's a that's a good dark roux. That is a good. Dark I mean, roux. I would I would be proud to make one like that. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I mean. I don't even remember how much this cost me. What, three bucks, four bucks? Probably close to three. Yeah, it saves a lot of time, but on the other hand, you can't get this stuff in uh, Alaska. Right, you have to make it. <laughs> <laughs> if you're going to make a gumbo anywhere else, you pretty much have to learn how to make a roux. I feel like they should make you take a test before you're allowed to buy this stuff to where you can prove that you're able to make a roux, at least with some kind of quality. Yep. All right, so since I haven't actually worked with uh, this jarred roux before myself, I've seen it happen, but I've never personally used it. Let me see if I can find a spoon here. All right, so I got a, it's a plastic spoon. So I just put it in the, put it in the pot and let it go. Well, you got your pot kind of low, not, not hot, hot. Get my pot low and not hot? Not hot for first. Okay. Well, this is an electric stove too, which is different for me. Like medium low, is that good? Yeah, maybe just a little. A little further over to the high, high side. A little further, so medium because, or so? Yeah, and then you have to just watch it just like you were cooking it from... Uh, from scratch? Yeah. Cause if, so if I get this too hot, it would still burn? Yes. Okay. Yes. Have you ever burned one of these? No. Okay, good. I've burned it making it in the <laughs> microwave before. I remember when you did that. <laughs> it, it smelled it. You, got, you have to stir it just like you do. You gotta stir this stuff? Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's thick. That's a good looking roux. It looks like chocolate. Yeah. I mean, it's better than some of the roux that I've made. I'd like to say they were all this dark, but they're definitely not. Well, there is a recipe on the back, I think. Yeah. But I usually do not follow it completely. Oh, they're uh, authentic Cajun seafood gumbo? Probably. Yeah. I don't know how, how much they're gonna tell you to start with. Not enough? One large onion? No. Yeah. This is two. <laughs> that is where your taste tests come in. Yeah. But I would like to note that the Savoy's old-fashioned Cajun dark roux recipe on the back for authentic Cajun seafood gumbo also does not include any sausage. Right. So watch for that. If somebody tries to put sausage in your seafood gumbo, don't believe them. They're probably from Texas. <laughs> Maybe Okay. How much should I put in for the amount that I'm doing you here? You stop right there. Okay, so that's about, that's usually, about a cup of roux. I usually, myself, use around a jar and a half. Sometimes I use, I mean a jar. Uh -huh. Three quarters of a jar and sometimes I go ahead and use it. Depends on how much water you put in. Yeah. You don't want it to be too thin. Well, for this size pot, like I feel like I should, that's about a half a jar, but I feel like I should have a little bit more. Yeah, a little bit more. A little bit more. About three quarters of a jar, maybe. Well, I don't. I mean, I don't mind. Right I don't mind having a little extra roux, personally. Well, you don't want it too thick. No, you don't want it too thick. That's true. That's one of the other 
faults of bad gumbo is when they're too thick. The spoon is not supposed to, it's not supposed to be chowder. Not supposed to be too thick or too thin. <laughs> it's supposed to be just right. Okay, so basically, yeah, it looks like melting chocolate right now. Let's see. Let's see if I can figure out where it has keeps the salt. So I've been doing this forever, and I'm, I swear I got it from you, but maybe I didn't. Maybe I just made it up somewhere. But I always add my onions first and let them go for a while. That's right. That's right? Okay, I did get that from you. Yeah, you do the onions, and then I do the celery, the bell peppers. Some people say that uh, you shouldn't put the bell peppers because they will be bitter. I find the, that once you get your celery and your onions and your... Put your garlic and your bell pepper in. You want me to put the on the onions in first, let those go for a while, because you I think you always told me till they're yeah. kind of translucent. Yeah. Yeah, and then mm -hmm. the celery, and let that go for a little while. Yeah. And then you want me to put the bell pepper and the onion and the garlic at the same time. The garlic and the uh, bell pepper. Okay. At Is that enough garlic? That's like three oh, yeah. cloves. You sure? If it's not enough, you use garlic powder. Oh, yeah. That's what I always do. I always keep garlic and onion powder. Just and in case you need a little more. You need, a, need that taste. I'm trying to remember, is there is there much you make that, that uses a light roux? Not Maybe yet. etouffee? No, but... Mm -mm. You don't? No. Do you I'm use good. a roux in, when you're making etouffee? I don't make etouffee. Oh. Well, I can't good. eat coffee. Oh, and that's... That is sort of the classic etouffee. Daddy thing. has to get that in the rest. That's true. He always gets the half and half, the... Yeah. Half crawfish and half etouffee. Right. You never have a you never had an allergic reaction if you kissed him after that though, right? No. <laughs> That's but good. they won't let me peel the crawfish either. Well, yeah. And we have a crawfish boil, and then you have to peel them so you can put them in the freezer. Yeah. They won't let me because it's still got the, the yeah. juice. Well, you know the nice thing though is don't they always have to make you your shrimp your your boiled shrimp first, yeah. and they make it first, so you get to eat before everybody okay. else. It's starting to get good here. Woo! Did you put some seasoning in the stock? I haven't yet. I almost never salt my stock when I'm making it. Okay. Do you? Most of the time. Do you? Sometimes, sometimes if I get too heavy-handed at the beginning, then it's, yeah. I get a little too salty at the end. Yeah. So I've kind of gotten away from adding a lot of salt to my stocks. Well, that's fine. Either way you go, I just normally... Oh, it's definitely going to get some, some seasoning. But do you do you add, like, other seasonings or just, uh, like, when you're making your shrimp stock, are you just using shrimp? Because i got a few celery tops in there, but I don't have much else. The celery tops are good. I really don't put too much else in That's kind of how I am with stocks now. Like, I'm pretty much, like, if I'm making a chicken stock, I'm, it's pretty much just chicken, yeah. you know? Looks like you're starting to get some heat in action. Well, you can pour some more of the oil in it's not That's probably a good idea. I just don't have, you know, to pour all of it in there. Yeah. And then it'd be too greasy. Yeah, that loosened it up a little bit. Yeah. You just need it just to... You don't want to burn it. Just a pinch more. It's hard these electric stoves because they don't heat up as quick as gas. Yeah. So. You, put your, you put your onions in there, didn't you? I haven't yet. Oh, okay. I'm about to. Can't you smell that I haven't put my onions in yet? It doesn't smell like onions cooking in roux yet. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I always say that's the best smell in the kitchen. Let's drop these onions in. There you go. I mean, I will say it's not near as dramatic putting the onions in when you're using the jar roux because that's like the moment in, when you're making it. That's when you've hit your final... It will, finally. You will smell it. Oh, yeah. But it's like, you know, it's that, it's that moment where you're like, oh, the roux's made... You know, I'm at the color that I want. It's going to get a little bit darker when you add the onions, but you put the onions in, and there's big smell and a bunch of sizzling and crazy stuff happening, and it's like it's super exciting. This is a little mellower. So maybe people, if you're if you're not if you're not into the dramatic side of cooking, the jar grew better. Well, I you, think I did that about 50 years ago. I got the dramatic side. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely one of those. There's not a lot of things in cooking where you, you know, you got to be paying attention, and if you don't, you're done. You got to throw it out. When's the last time you burned a root? Mm, been quite a while since I burned a root. When I moved to Oklahoma and started making gumbos and stuff, people came over and wanted to know what I was cooking. I said, it's a gumbo. A what? <laughs> gumbo. Now some of those same people make it themselves. Oh, well, there you go. He's spreading the word to Oklahoma. 
Well, you told me one time that you didn't really make it even that much before you went to Oklahoma. No, because I had family that made it all the time. My yeah. mother, my aunts, my cousins, whatever. Yeah. And if I was down here a lot. And then I lived in Morgan City for a, a while. But theirs was pretty good when you got to Homa. Where you live now. Yeah. <laughs> the is so, not that good at Homa. It is. There are several restaurants that do make it very good, more so now than it used to be. They like theirs a little thinner, uh, more like a broth. Yeah. And uh, light roux. A lighter roux. Whereas I was used to the dark roux. Yeah. Once you get used to that, it's hard to. It's hard. To, well, there's so many different styles, you know. Like, cause I use thyme, and I think you don't use thyme. No, I, I do. Use oh, you do use thyme. Oh, yeah. you because I feel like you used to not. I didn't. You didn't, but yeah. now you like it with thyme. I like it with thyme. You came around on that one. Yeah. When'd you come around? Because I have always liked it with thyme, and then. Well, it's been a long time ago. Though, yeah. So. Did they not? Did 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 Nanny usually not use thyme? I don't remember that she did. She may have used thyme out of the garden or something, but I, I don't. I don't really remember. I I strive for making mine. It tastes like hers, but it's been a long, long time that we've not had hers. So. Yeah, well, that's why I try to make mine as good as yours. Oh, you want me to put the celery in? Is that why you... You can put some in. It's time to put the celery in. Are the onions cooking down? Yeah, they're, they're cooking down some. This potty and Patsy gave me to use. This, you have you have Magnolite, too. This like Everybody down here has this stuff, and, but yeah. I don't even think you can get it anymore. I've got... Well, I think I did give it to somebody. I have that that one, and I have another tall one. Uh-huh. That's the one I gave to one of the to Claire Louise because she was learning to make her gumbo. Because these are like, what, real? It's aluminum, right? They're real heavy no, body aluminum? Or is it like heavy. a special kind of alloy? I don't remember. They don't make it anymore, do they? I don't think so. Because everybody down here always used them, and now they're like, they're like cast iron down here. Like people are like, ooh, they want to get their hands on it, you know? Yeah. But this to me cooks cooks better than the cast iron. Oh really? For that. Yeah. Yeah. Why why do you think that? I don't know. It just seems to the taste. I should have grabbed myself a box of kosher salt because I'm so used now to using kosher salt that I'm just throwing making yeah, pinches I have in. Kosher you know? salt, yeah. yeah, that's what you use too. But all we have today is Plain old iodized salt, so we'll make it work. That's what we do. Well, I have to be careful with iodized salt because that's why I'm allergic to crawfish. Oh, they have a high iodine. Uh, iodine. Yeah. Well, I try not to put too much more in no, there. No, I'm that <laughs> that little bit in there is gonna hurt. I, I just don't like it because it's so fine, and once you get used to, mm-hmm. you know, once you get used to measuring with with whatever kosher salt you use, it's just a lot easier. Because it's big and fluffy, and it's hard to over-season with that. It's a lot well, easier to over-season with like this the, stuff. I um, like the sea salt, too. Yeah. It smells pretty good. <laughs> Although now, you know, because I have all this lard in my house now, because people keep giving me pig fat, and I actually did lard as a, as a gumbo, as a roux base. It's yeah. spectacular. I'm sure that's probably how Nanny made it. That was the original. And they used, I remember when I was a little girl, that's all she used. With lard. It makes a good roux. Well, it's like bacon. Yeah. If you put bacon in green beans, it's going to be better than <laughs> if you put anything in. <laughs> you ready for my, yep. for my and your green garlic. bell peppers? You want me to put the garlic in now, too? Mm-hmm. All right. And that's enough garlic, right? I think so. You think so? Okay. Well, they'll yell at us if it's not enough. They'll let us know. But we had to cook it for our sake. That's true. This isn't this isn't a Patsy's gumbo. This is ours. Right. <laughs> How long do you want me to cook the bell peppers for? Just about ten minutes. Ten minutes? Okay. We're getting pretty close. So I'm gonna let those cook down a little bit. I'm gonna strain out this stock. Too bad we don't have any heads. <laughs> yeah. That's where the flavor is. I know. Well, we get we get part way there. Aunt Patsy's, I think she said she made with, she 
get some heads in there. Yeah, so. you can buy the stock now. Used to, you can buy it, and it's in the box just like any other bra. Yeah. Good. We got all that. Oh, there we go. Smell it now. That's starting to smell all right. Hey, Patsy, have any regular Tabasco, or we just got all the other kinds? I don't know. Wonder if she has any Worcestershire either. Uh oh. Uh oh. <laughs> Most people don't use that. Really? Most people don't use Worcestershire? I thought she's she got did. she got a bunch of other kinds. We'll use one of these. I got when well, there's this stuff already open. We'll use this. What is this? Uh, okay. This is a uh, kick your daddy hot sauce. Where do they make this? <laughs> Lake Providence. All right, so we're gonna use this. But ordinarily at this point is when I would add my my Tabasco and my Worcestershire. Yep. You know. You never cooked food that was like really hot though. No. Dad, Dad didn't really like hot food. Well, through the years he ate more of it, but mine was more about the flavor you get with just salt, black pepper, a little dash of red pepper, and uh, the garlic and onions. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, I put that all in a potato salad. <laughs> Well, that's what Dad always said. Dad always said you put put onions in your pecan pie. Yeah. <laughs> see, this is the thing about you know you're in somebody else's kitchen, so you don't know what uh what you got. Let's see. There's got to be some cayenne. I mean, you know, if worse comes to worse, we do have some Tony Shash rays. I've gotten to where I don't use that very much. I use the Zatarain yeah. Oh yeah. But it kind of bothers me. It bothers you? Yeah. Oh, you don't want me to use it then? No, you can use it. It's fine. What what is that yellow lid? The yellow lid, lemon pepper. No, what's in? This is a kitchen bouquet. Just a little. You want lemon? me to? You want me to put some? You know what this is, right? Mm -hmm. You know what this is, right? What? It's MSG. Oh, don't put it there. That somebody might be. No, they're not. It's, that's actually not a thing. Okay. Everybody uses MSG. Just a, just a little bit. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with MSG actually. I use the Savoy's. I think it's Savoy's brand. It's one of those brands, but it's very similar yeah. to that. It might have a little lucius or something. No, I don't think it does. I'm not sure. I don't use it very much. Yeah, I, I usually have uh, some bouillon of chicken and beef. Because when I'm making a roast or something like that. Even in your seafood gumbo? No, not in the seafood gumbo. <laughs> Yeah, see, this is tough because I'm, I'm kind of particular about my spice mix, but I don't have. Uh, yeah. I, I can't find any cayenne. You might have some in the other kitchen. We're in the outside kitchen, so maybe yeah, that you'd have there. to check. But I'm not gonna, you know. I'm just gonna use what we got here. I've got to. Oh, we got this other. We got this other Cajun seasoning. This is Who's Your Daddy Cajun seasoning. Finally, good old Cajun seasoning without all that extra salt. That might be good because Tony Chasseries does have salt. This yeah. has salt too. Ingredients: salt. <laughs> we got oh we got the the accompaniment to the to the kick your daddy hot sauce we got the kick your daddy Cajun seasoning but that looks like it's not even open so I'm not gonna open it let me get this stock in here now my roux is starting to stick to the bottom that makes me nervous all right you can turn it down yeah if you have to you can add some to it. Oh, I'm definitely gonna have to add some, some more, uh, some more of that seafood stock. Maybe a little water. I think there's some wine in there. I might add that. Justin Wilson would be proud of me if I did that. He was always adding wine to stuff. Did you turn that burner down a little bit? Uh, it's on medium right now. Okay. I usually don't cook anything any higher than my stove right now is. So yeah, I almost got to go to medium. We just get this roux incorporated. I'll add a little more seafood stock, and then I'm gonna have to taste it because we're definitely gonna need some some kind of seasoning here. But and then because I don't want to add the I don't want to add the seafood itself till the very end. No. Yeah. It doesn't cook long. So here's something. I'm, you know, you don't see a lot of fish in seafood gumbo. I don't like it. You don't like fish in seafood gumbo at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, but even that, like, 
it's really uncommon. Like people usually don't put fish in. Well, I've had some people put it in. Yeah. Just, what don't you like about it? Well, the fish has to be pretty much seasoned on itself and um, to get any good flavor. You think it just gets lost? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that makes sense. Plus it breaks off. And yeah, it does fall apart pretty fast. I've never made it like that. Yeah. I don't know. I've, I've put like halibut and stuff in, in gumbo, but I never, yeah, I never think it's that great. Yeah. All right. We got some filet. Look at that. Beautiful. You know, a lot of people don't use it anymore. Really? They don't use filet anymore? Why not? I don't know. What's South Louisiana coming to? I'm going to take a quick taste and I'll give you a taste. Now remember, this, there's not much in this yet, so this is pretty basic. Yeah, you gotta have some more roux. You want me to add more roux? Mm -hmm. How much you want? That. That. A little bit more. A little more. Okay. That's good. I guess that is one nice thing about the jarred roux is if you make it and you decide there's not enough roux, pretty easy to throw some more in there. Is that gonna break down pretty quick? Should, but it's been out of the. If you had it, no, it wasn't in the refrigerator. No, it's been out on the counter. It seems like it's breaking down fairly quick. I think it needs a little more salt, but I'm afraid I do to, too. I'm afraid to salt it right now because we're gonna put some Well why don't you we're gonna use some Tony's, so I kinda think we should get that right before we start thinking about more salt. How's that? You want a little more? You do what you do. <laughs> well then they're gonna blame me if it's no good. I want them to blame you. Oh. <laughs> I think it needs more. Because like if if I was making this, you know, out of my spice rack. I would put a lot of paprika, and I would put... I don't know if she has Yeah, she, I, this is all I can find here. I'd have to go search the rest of the house to find more, and uh, we're not going to do she that. She might have them in the... She might have them in the other room, but you know what? We're going to make, we're going to do this, because we're adapting. Yeah, I'll put paprika. And, and if, if, if somebody don't like it, we're going to blame the, hur the hurricane. You got to have your time. Yeah, well, we're not... Is there, I think there's, is there time in Tony Chattery's? I don't think so. I'm we'll just add some extra filet. Sometimes filet has time in it too. They don't say what they really have in here. Yeah, I'm just gonna add a little extra filet. Ingredients: salt, pepper, black pepper, chili powder, chili pepper, spices, salt, garlic powder, dehydrated garlic, silicone dioxide, <laughs> anti-caking. Uh, be sure you put your time. Maybe we'll, we'll just add a little extra filet towards the end. And then we'll give them more parsley and more uh, green onions. Oh, they won't notice. I noticed Aunt Patsy didn't have parsley and green onions the other day, unless she cooked them in there. Yeah. I want any green onions, and I like the green onions. I know, I like them too. Yeah, the only thing is, well, Dad doesn't like a lot of green onions. But, hey, he's not going to be the only one eating. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you no, know, I always, I always just put them in the bowl at the end, so if you okay, don't like that's them, good. yeah, that's I always good. just garnish with a little parsley and a yeah. little green onion, so if somebody don't like it, they can tell me. Yeah, that's it, because of... Uh, yeah, so let's, let me give this another taste here. It's still not not real hot yet, either, so that kind of throws things well, off, too. Well, you turn it back up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I did. Yeah, it's getting better. Better. Need a little more Tony's, I think. Needs a little more salt. It needs, yeah, it needs some, it needs some more salt, for sure. Maybe I'll give it a little more salt. And then we'll taste it again. We'll give it another little shot. Tony's too. This is the hard part. You know, I was, I, was always, I was planning to do this at your house where I know you had all the spices that I needed. Yeah. Well, did she have time? I don't know. I'd have to go look. Maybe I will go look. Go look in the kitchen. Hmm, that's getting a little better. There's a little, little bitterness down in the bottom. I'm not sure about it. the time gives it a really good flavor. I'm going to go see if she's got some. <laughs> Well, I couldn't find any thyme, but I found some red pepper, and I found some paprika, and I found some black pepper. So that'll help, because I always feel like, I feel like paprika is kind of necessary. I like a lot of it. I don't know why. A little black pepper. There we go. It doesn't feel right if I'm just using a spice mix, you know? It's not cayenne. This is red pepper flakes. Oh, it's close. Close enough. Actually, when I was at the restaurant, I used a, uh, I had a custom spice mix that I made. I called it Cajun pepper. Yeah. It was black pepper, white pepper, red pepper flakes, and cayenne pepper in slightly different proportions. I can't remember where they yeah, were off the top of my head. I've got cayenne, I've got red pepper. I'll give this a little more shot of salt. 
and then I'm gonna taste it again. Doesn't have any bay leaves either, but I wouldn't. I probably would only use a bay leaf in a chicken and sausage gumbo myself. Yeah. That's getting a little more like it. Getting there. Well, it's gonna taste a little different when you put your seafood in. Yeah, it will. But what do you think? What do you think about where we're at right now? It's getting close. Getting close. What do you want? She didn't have any. Uh, What's that? I'm still thinking about that time. I know. I know. It does. It does need a little time, but I don't think we're gonna get lucky. I went in there and looked. I can find a bunch of Italian seasoning and that's it. Nope, nothing in there. Nothing in there. She must not have any. I'm just going to have to add some extra filet at the end. That's just going to have to cover for the That'll time. That'll be good. That's right. why I don't use as much filet anymore. And if you put filet in it, don't boil it. Right, because it gets ropey, right? Yeah, it does. Have you ever added too much filet? No, because most of the time we are... Uh, just put it in our bowl if we want it. Yeah, because not everybody likes it. Not, in, not everybody likes it. Have you got any more stock? No, I'm out of the stock. You'll get the real taste when you put the seafood in. You, you want me to put the seafood in? At least the shrimp? Yeah. Well, oh. you, they can't cook a long time. No, I know that. Uh, that's why I want to get pretty close to where we need to be. Maybe add a little bit of water. A little bit of water? Okay. Yes, you're smoothing out a little bit. Tell me when to stop. Stop right now and start it. Don't put too much. Take a taste. I think that helped a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Once you put your shrimp and your crabs in there, it should be fine. You, want, you ready for me to add my shrimp? How long has that been cooking? Uh, not super long. You know, maybe half hour or so. It's just starting to come up to a simmer. Let it let it simmer for a little bit. All right. There's not not any Worcestershire. I can't believe that. I know. You didn't look in the. I might not have looked hard enough, but you know. In the, that's part of the thing of cooking in always a familiar keep, kitchen. I keep mine in my refrigerator. Yeah. Here, I got a lad. I mean, I need to open this anyway, so. Give it a little splash of kava. Ooh, that perked it up a little. Here you go, try this. Try this, Mom. That's good. That's a Spanish sparkling wine. That's good. Just a splash. I was gonna open it for myself anyway, so. <laughs> but it's real, it's, it's got a lot, it's real acidic. So sometimes when you have like, kinda, cause I, I was kinda feeling like the, like it was a little too earthy, you know? Like there was like too much of that heaviness from the roux. And if you add a little bit of that acidity, it kinda knocks that down a little. Now, I know sometimes you make shrimp and okra gumbo, too. Yep. Is that the only kind of gumbo you make with okra, though? Yeah. That's, I love shrimp and okra. Because it doesn't seem like okra styles are as common over here. It seems like that's more like a New Orleans thing. Well, that's the Creole part of it, I guess. But Mama used to make shrimp and okra because, and, and you put, she put tomatoes yeah. in her. Yeah. But uh, some people don't. It's still, you can use a roux, but you don't use much because your okra, you cook your okra down. Right. You put a little vinegar in it, and it'll cook down where it doesn't look like okra. Yeah. Because your daddy, you know, he don't eat okra. <laughs> <laughs> Except fried. Yeah. Because one time I had... It wasn't long after we got married, and I was so hungry for it that I told him I'd cook him some pork chops, but I was going to make myself some shrimp and gumbo. So I got in the it was Saturday, and so I cooked his pork chops, and I put my gumbo, and I sat down to eat, and he said, well, that smells good. I said, you don't eat this. <laughs> and I also put, I thought Mama put bacon in it. Yeah. You know, and so I did that. Years later, she was at the house and we were going to make one. And I said, Mama, there's plenty of bacon in the refrigerator. She turned around, bacon? You don't put bacon in it. <laughs> and I said, well, I did, and it sure is good. Well, there you go. Did she start putting bacon in after that? I probably so. <laughs> but I said, you know, Jim eats bacon, so I thought a little bacon, but I really thought she did. So anyway, I made it like that. 
Well, Sunday night, Alice and Freeman boys were in North Louisiana with her mother, and they were at church. And, and after church, I said, Freeman, I said, you want to come over in the house? I've got some shrimp and oats gumbo. He said, really? He said, yeah, I want to go. Alice says, well, you know I don't eat shrimp and okra gumbo. I said, well, I said, uh, Jim might let you have a fried pork chop. She said, okay. <laughs> so we went on. Well, on that Saturday night, he had eaten some of the gumbo. And said, God, that's so good. So I said, I just said to Alice, she, she smelled it. Freeman got his plate, you know, and sat down. And she said, that smells good. He said, well, you leave mine alone. You don't eat open. <laughs> so she tried it. She got up there and got another bowl of it. I said, boy, y'all are bad news. <laughs> the cooking the ogre down makes it not slimy, right? Right. That's what neither one of them liked was slimy. <laughs> yeah. That's what everybody says when they, when they hear ogre. Oh, I don't like ogre. It's slimy. But you just got to cook it down a long way. I wonder where the, you have any idea where the pot for this uh, rice cooker is? Well. Maybe it's in the dishwasher. You just go ask? <laughs> well, yeah. I'll, I'll go ask. No, no, I'll do that. I'll go ask her. Unless it's in the refrigerator, but I don't need put that in the refrigerator. I Maybe she, if she made some? Yeah, I don't see it. Yeah, she had some yesterday. I don't see it. Let me go ask her. Rice pot, that's what I was just looking for, was a well, rice pot. We have all this rice. Oh. Will that work? Yeah. Okay. Let's yeah. Go. Okay. Let's go. That solves a lot of problems. The rice pot's full of rice. So we already got rice. Oh, she already cooked. Well, this is from the other night. I don't know why we heat it up and it worked Yeah. Absolutely. So we're just about there. I'm going to do one little quick last taste before we start adding the shrimp. You let me know if we need anything else. We're getting in the ballpark here. What do you think? Still got a little, a little kick in there somewhere. I think it's probably done that many times. I added a little red pepper too, yeah. so I can, I can add a little more kava. Yeah, there. Is a that more. about Old Bay? What? Old Bay. Old Bay seasoning. Oh, you got some of that? I think I did. Old Bay? Mm -hmm. I think I might have seen some. Yeah. I, I know I saw some in your, uh, in the other. Oh, there we go. There we go. Oh, there we go. Let me smell it. I think it's low. Yeah. yeah. How much you got? Plenty. Yeah, I think so. A little Old Bay? All right. Anytime you cook fish, that's good. Yeah. How's that? That's good. Okay. Yeah, this probably has time in it. Celery salt, spices. And I added a little more kava too. Because I thought the first the first little bit tasted good, so the second little bit has to taste good too. Oh, and Patsy's coming in. We're building it. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Sad bone. Sad bone. All right. I feel like we're getting close. Mm -hmm. I feel like we're getting close. Let me take a little. That's that's better. That's better. I think that's a nice base. Oh. Take a little taste. This, this is pretty hot now. What you think? It's good. Good? You ready for, uh, you want me to add the shrimp now? Yeah. Take what eight minutes for the shrimp, and then the crab meat's already done. It just needs to heat through. Shrimp's going in. If we need to, we might have to add a little bit of water at the tail end, but maybe not. I like a lot of stuff in mine, so oh, we got a lot of crab too. Ooh, yeah. oh, we got there's another one too. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? We got a lot of crab. They were out of oysters. They said they said the hurricane was uh, messing up the oysters a lot.
Potato salad? Oh. I mean, I'm not going to say no to that. Okay. Oh, we can, we can defrost it right in here. Oh, yeah. Put them in the pot. Oh, yeah. What is that? <laughs> We're gonna forgive you for the time because you just showed up with a bunch of <laughs> with a bunch of crabs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we got actual crabs now, which is always exciting. And we just dumped them in frozen in their frozen out crab stock. And I also have a ton of uh, lump crab meat here too, and, and uh, crab finger meat that we're gonna dump in there too. Cause this is gonna be, since we don't have oysters, we gotta put a bunch of everything in. We gotta put a bunch of shrimp and a bunch of crab. I'm glad Aunt Patsy had these, uh, these bodies and claws. They're gonna be good on these crabs. Where do you get your crabs, Aunt Patsy? Uh, Lynn brought them. Oh. Yeah, they're from the Gulf. Yeah. She had a crawfish uh, crab ball and that's what's left over. So you clean them, put them in the freezer, and you save them for a gumbo. What about this one? The parsley? Yeah, that. Yeah, I'm gonna put use about half of that too. I'll just put it in a pile. Anybody that wants it can Yeah. Can get as much as they like. I like a lot of it. Alright. <laughs> Is that enough? Oh yeah, that's plenty I think. Okay. Wanna try one of these shrimp? Good. That's alright. Mm-hmm. I just took one of the crab fingers out. You want one? Yeah, I like them. They're pretty good. Hmm. Mm. I mean, I like king crab, especially if you can get it fresh, which is really hard to do. But I, I guess I'm so used to blue crab. But I mean, blue crab is. I might like it more than I like king crab. I think I do. That the king crab just kind of got a flat taste, I guess. It's real sweet, and and they don't put season in it. <laughs> Well, well, that's what happened when we took Carl's and Napa. Yeah. All we'd ever heard, crabs, crabs, crabs. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, I told Carl, I said, y'all need to get up there and boil some <laughs> like you do in Belfast. Yeah, these people go crazy. Not enough, like, seasoning? Yeah. Yeah. Well, king crab's kind of funny because, you know, the people go, to, people go to Alaska and they're like, oh, Oh, I'm gonna have king crab. I'm gonna have king crab in Alaska, but the king crab you can get in Alaska because it's all, you know, it all gets uh, gets processed and cooked and frozen, you know, in well in September every year. So the king crab you can get in Alaska is the exact same as the king crab you can get in like, Illinois. Yeah. <laughs> and it is. I gotta say, fresh king crab is a completely different beast. Oh yeah. And it's a lot better. Then, uh, well, see, that's why this is so good to me is because uh, at some point it's uh, just flavor different. Well, I always find that Gulf seafood tends to have a little bit, it's like kind of salty. Yeah. A lot of Alaska seafood has a sweeter edge. And so if you try to treat them the same, it doesn't work quite right. Right. You know? But like, yeah, you're right. Like lobster actually makes sense to just have butter with it because it's so rich. But king crab... With just butter, I mean, it's good, you know, don't get me wrong, but it's not the same, you know. It's got kind of a different, it's got kind of a different flavor, and this has a completely different flavor as well. Like, I don't think king crab would be very good in a gumbo. I wouldn't think so, because it doesn't really have that much taste. <laughs> well, that's, that was my experience. Yeah. I'm not saying anybody else does that. Because <laughs> Carl, Carl and I were kind of like, geez. <laughs> I forgot what we got. I tried the crab cake and I didn't like that either. No seasoning in it. Probably a little bit of salt and that was it. I thought they used Old Bay. Oh yeah, that's what that, I don't like that. Too much. Just a little bit? Well, it's bay leaf and I don't know what else they put in it. Bay leaf is... Celery salt, I think. Okay, maybe so. Trying to get this frozen block of crab broken down a little. <laughs> Just about there. I think we're going to start simmering here shortly. And once we do, I'll 
Add the last bit of crab meat here. Oh boy. Oh yeah, here we go. It's all pretty much broken up now. See, we're making this today, but then I'm gonna leave and y'all gonna have the good stuff tomorrow. Yeah, it's <laughs> always better the second day. It is. Maybe you can eat some for breakfast. <laughs> Alright, I'm gonna add this crab. By the time that this all gets up to temp, I think we're gonna be ready to start mm -hmm. thinking about having some people eat. And I gotta, oh, I gotta add some filet too. But I won't do that until we get it up to a simmer so I can turn it off and let it sit. There's a lot of seafood in this. We started out with a half full pot before I started what adding the seafood. What did they charge you a pound of that? For what? The shrimp? The crab. You don't need to worry about that. I just was, <laughs> I want to know because I, I love to make uh, a gratin or something yeah, like yeah. that. Uh, the and lump was, I want to say, like that size was like 35 bucks. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to use all that for uh... Something like that. It wasn't cheap, that I know. Maybe it charged me the price for New York plates. Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> Since my rental car has New York plates on it. All right. Let's see where we're at here. All right, tell me what you, what you think. It needs to get a little warmer, and we still got to add the filet. But tell me what you think. It's good. Does it need anything? Nope. You sure? Yep. I'm gonna make an executive decision. I think it needs a little bit of salt. I was exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> that many crabs, they gonna take up a lot of. Yeah. Give it just a little bit more. Oh, yep. We were both right, Mama. <laughs> Here. Try that. Yep. 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 You happy with that? Yep. A little fillet, a little parsley, and a little. Green onion. It just needs to heat up a little bit because you like your gumbo hot too, right? Yep. Well, thank you, Mama. You're welcome. I think we're through with it. I think as I think as soon as this stuff gets a little hotter, I think we're about ready to eat. All right. Bye. I hope they like it as much as you know. We've been slaving away over it, so I hope they like it. I know it. we worked hard for this. Yeah. Is it what you're drinking? That's what I'm drinking. No. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little bit of that to gumbo too. Check the Pantry is a production of KBBI AM 890 in Homer, Alaska. It's produced and hosted by Jeff Lockwood. The main guest on the show today was my mom, Patricia Lockwood, with special guest appearances by my aunt, Patsy Johnson, and her husband, Tommy Cummings. The show was recorded at Aunt Patsy's house in Iowa, Louisiana. The theme music is String Quartet, Opus 10, Movement 2 by Claude Debussy, performed by Quator Ebane. This is the 10th episode of the summer 2021 season of Check the Pantry. Support for this season of Check the Pantry comes from Bay Realty. Bay Realty has been listing and selling homes, lots, acreage, multifamily, commercial properties, and property management in the southern Kenai Peninsula since 1974. Learn more and view current listings at bayrealtyalaska.com or by calling 235-6183. Additional support for Check the Pantry comes from the Grog Shop Wine Club, which each month provides members with two or three bottles of unique wines that are currently unavailable in the Homer market. These wines are curated by Patrick Driscoll, who has worked at Michelin Star Restaurants in New York and is the only Level 3 sommelier in Alaska. More information at 235-5101. Your financial donation as a listener makes this and other KBBI programs possible. Visit the KBBI Public Radio website at kbbi.org support to help produce programs like this.